We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to a very special episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel. That is Tucker Franklin, and we should be joined by Nick Leckie here in a little bit. But we hope everybody out there had a fantastic Thanksgiving. We know it is the bye week, so there's not a ton going on in Chiefs Kingdom, but we're going to talk about whatever it is that's going on. And we got some stuff going on at KC Sports Network we can chat about before we get to that. Tucker, man, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I really enjoyed my Thanksgiving. I had two Thanksgivings to go to. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever done that. And we went to, to Tara's uh, families and then my family Thanksgiving. I was stuffed. Uh, my dad made a brisket and, and we had pulled pork and smoked turkey. And, and we had turkey and all the all the usual Thanksgiving stuff over at, over at Tara's house. And man, it, it was just a really good time to spend with some, some people we haven't really seen in a while. We had close to 40 people, I think, in my house. Um, that's all. Yeah. So getting all of the family together was, was really good. And, you know, it's been so long since we've been able to have everybody together and it was just kind of cool just to have all the family together. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my in-laws always come in town. My mom came over and, uh, made some food, watched some football. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. I, it's always been my favorite holiday since the time I was a kid. Uh, we'd always used to go up to Des Moines to my mom's house or my grandma's parents, where my mom grew up and I would just sit in like the little den and just eat and watch football all day long and nobody ever talked to me there was no pressure of like presence and this and that like you just go eat and watch football and that's all it's about so there's there's nothing wrong with that um but yeah i'm glad you got some time uh with them and obviously happy thanksgiving to everybody who is out there and tucker i gotta ask because i felt kind of torn watching the cowboys and the uh las vegas raiders who were you rooting for in that game I had rooting interest with the Cowboys. I think that just because um, it's a divisional opponent against the Chiefs and the Chiefs find themselves kind of in that that little range of trying to fight out for that first spot, um, that they really needed the Raiders to lose. Listen, it was a good football game, so I'm not going to be upset about it, but um, it's one of those things where uh, I was kind of pulling for the Cowboys, but, man, it's so hard to cheer for those guys. And it was like it sets up to be this beautiful day of watching football, and then the refs, I think there was like – 
30 penalties. Like each team had over a hundred yards and penalties just absolutely brutal when everybody's watching the NFL for the NFL to take that platform and to do what they did to it. But to your point, it was like, obviously I was rooting for the Cowboys. I want the Raiders to want every team in the AFC West to lose. But uh, after the last week of Cowboys fans, just being insufferable, on social media is really hard right. to root for them. But uh, we are joined by our other fearless leader here and OG host of what used to be in the trenches, now outside the trenches. And our good friend, Mr. Nick Lecky, is now going to join us all the way from the southwest corner, or kind of the southwest corner of the United States in Arizona. Nick, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, How I was, was definitely, it was good, man. It was good. Uh, went out. Went out and ate at a restaurant out here, so I had a big old steak, and I love that. It was fantastic. Nice. What What was your? How were you feeling yesterday during the Cowboys Raiders game? I was rooting for Oakland or Oakland, Las Vegas, all the way. Um, even being from Dallas, I never really rooted for the Cowboys, and I, I grew up when you know Cowboys were winning three Super Bowls. That's when I came of age, and my stepdad never rooted for the Cowboys. So I mean, it's what you grew up with as a kid. So I never rooted for the Cowboys and I really rooted for football. So, and, and I have to go back home. I was rooting for the Raiders. I have to apologize. then. I think I just made the assumption on the last show that you grew up a Cowboys fan because obviously you liked football. You lived in Dallas and I didn't think that you, they would let you live in that state in that city and grow up there and not be a fan of the Cowboys. But um, we hope everybody again had a great Thanksgiving out there. It sounds like all three of us did. And before we get into the show, we do also have to thank Jack Stack Barbecue, our presenting partner of this show. And whether you're in Kansas City or whether you are around the country, JackStackBBQ.com will ship you the Jack will ship you the Jack Stack food. And as somebody who has done that several different times, I can tell you that it turns out uh, fantastic to go that way. And Nick, Nick's got you guys at your family, Nick. Yeah, it's my family. Yeah. No, that's great. That's that's what we get for doing the live shows, and we're doing them around times that nobody is at work. But uh, JackStackBBQ.com will take care of you whenever you're tired of turkey, you need something else a little bit different, or whatever you guys are eating, Nick, with the steak. Um, make sure you go to JackStackBBQ.com. But um, in general, before we get into the football stuff, and and I think anyone who follows us may have seen this on social media, something that, that we're very passionate about at KC Sports Network. And it, it came together in a really beautiful way for all of us. But uh, we're doing our first annual uh, Soul of KC holiday raffle and toy drive that is benefiting Operation Breakthrough. Uh, we have 17 different prizes that were donated. Um, we have 17 different prizes that were donated from different local companies in Kansas city, uh, talking everything from like a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet to a Chris Jones autographed Jersey, uh, a bunch of guys chips, basically for an entire year, cookie society for an entire year. Uh, I will run down really quickly. Everything that's included in this holiday drive. Again, the Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet, Chris Jones autographed Jersey, two tickets to the chiefs game against the Steelers on December 26th. Creed Humphrey autographed game worn gloves. That one's really cool. Uh, like I said, guys, chips, variety, eight pack picking four winners. Thanks to guys. Chips love their support. Cookie society monthly sampler, six cookies every month for an entire year. $100 gift card to Manny's Mexican Restaurant, $100 gift card to the Capitol Grill, $100 gift card to Third Street Social, $100 gift card to Q39, 
two $50 gift cards to Rally House, a $100 gift card, and four tour passes to Holiday Distillery. Done that. That is very much worth it. And a six-pack of the Jackson Family Wines. That is a $250 um, value. And again, those tickets can be purchased only through the KC Sports Network Venmo account. Go to at KC Sports Network on Venmo. $20 gets you one ticket. $100 gets you 10 tickets. Everything is being drawn on December 16th during our live post-game show. The tickets can be purchased through Wednesday, December 8th. So as much money as we raise, we will allow that will allow us to go buy even more toys. We are dropping those toys off to Operation Breakthrough. So it's really local companies helping local kids, and we're kind of the conduit to kind of promote it and be the middleman here. And it's uh, really cool for us to use this platform for good, which is something that has been important to us and the soul of our spirit uh, of our company, if you will, the spirit of our company, and doing good things and giving back and doing more than just distracting you guys while you're at work or while you're uh, taking a break from family right now to tune into some Chiefs talk during the bye week. Uh, we know you're the diehard. So uh, anyway, we appreciate everybody's support of KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support of this first annual um, holiday, to the Soul of KC holiday um, raffle and toy drive. Something's really, really cool. Um, I'm going to take a break now because I just got done talking for a really yeah. long time. Uh, Tucker, what uh, what's your favorite uh, item of the 17 that people can win? That's what oh, I want to know um, I remember we were kind of talking about this all coming together and you said Creed Humphrey game worn gloves. And I said, where do I sign up for that? I, I want to get into this raffle for it. But yeah, that one's that one's a pretty cool one. I, I wish we would have just had like an obscure item for Creed Humphrey to sell like a croc, like two crocs, a pair of crocs by Creed Humphrey to sell um, signed and everything good. like that. But that was uh, a miss. That was a mess. Eh, that's all right. I just thought of it. So it's kind of my fault, too, that I didn't think of that sooner. But I think anything by Creed Humphrey um, is you get, go ahead and sign me up. That dude's a, a beast. Him and Trey Smith, you know, those are two of the best picks. And I think of the Brett Veach era. I don't think that's even up for debate. Yeah, I said it. Well, Jerry Sneed. Nick, but anyway. we'll move on to football. But, Nick, what of everything I just listed off, what item do you think is the coolest? Um, I think the um... – the Creed Humphrey gloves would be, I don't want to be a wet yeah. blanket, but the dude does play barehanded. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Be, He'll warm up. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I'll take some, I'll take some wrist tape, his wrist tape from his left hand. Cause that's, you know, his snap hand, which I think is, is still beyond bizarre uh, to me that he's a left-hander. And I don't know, man, I think the, um, I like the Tyreek Hill. I like the Tyreek. Oh, it's not. Is that Brett Veach, BJ? Or is that before Brett? The what? The Tyreek. We have the Chris, Jones, the Chris Jones jersey. There's a Patrick Mahomes helmet. And then there's a bunch of wine. There's a bunch of gift cards to different restaurants. There's all kinds of stuff. No, guys' I'll chips. I'll Get a bunch no, of guys' no, chips. Yeah, I like the guys' chips. Are, are they a Kansas City company? Because um, mm, I, I don't yeah. follow them on Twitter. So did they just yeah. start? That's because you buy your your chips from a different country. I know like ketchup. <laughs> I like to import. I like to import all my potato chips. <laughs> you get some. You get some Kansas City ones. We got to get no. Some, some honestly, chips. to me, the um, I like the 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 Capital Grill one and the Q thirty nine gift cards. Uh, I, I had you know my my name on them. Uh, I, I like those, and then I'm always down for some. Uh, who was the family of the family wine? The Jackson family. family Jackson wines. family wine. Yeah, I'm always down yeah. for some wine. <laughs> <laughs> So I always like to get a good wine drunk, especially, you know, Thanksgiving time around. Oh, yeah. too. And I feel like that's the time to imbibe, you know, to be around your family Perfect. and nothing like a, yeah. enhance I, it. If, 
I'd buy tickets if there was like cases of Bang Energy that were available. <laughs> I would probably be all over those. But anyway, let's get to some Chiefs talk. We again, we appreciate everybody um, over the next couple of weeks that supports what we're doing with this holiday raffle. And you will um, other part of this, you win any of these things, you will get those before Christmas. So a nice Christmas gift yeah. for your family as you're giving back and, and helping purchase toys for Operation Breakthrough and the kids. And we're going to drop those toys off uh, by December 10th is what we're going to do. So you can buy tickets through December 8th. We're going to then use the money, go buy a bunch of toys, drop them off, get all the tickets together and announce everything on that live show on Thursday, December 16th. We will draw all the winners live on our post game show. So guys, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs now. I know uh, they've been playing better. We talked about that. It was only a matter of time before things started to click, particularly on the defensive side. We've seen that offensively, still not at the efficient level that we're used to, but enough to win the last three games and to sit atop the AFC West. Tucker, start with you. Just what do you think they need to do to continue running the table? I think they got to be consistent. They got to be more consistent. That defense has gotten more consistent. And we've, I talked about it with Mike DeVito on, on one-on-one um, about how surprised he was that they were able to kind of write that ship and do that full 180 when it comes to the run defense, especially with how practices are now, you can't really go full pads that many uh, days in a row during the week. And, and it's, and it's good to see that this defense is playing at a very high level. They've been the best defense in, in the league for these past few weeks. So I think that's really good. And on the offensive side of the ball, they just need to get that consistency kind of take, they got that their swagger back against the Raiders. They just got to keep that swagger. Now they just can't get it back for one game and then, and then not do very well. But I think that they, they really need to stay consistent on, on the offensive side of the ball. I think, Nick, I think the addition of uh, Melvin Ingram, has been that that real missing piece, you know, to have those true bookend defensive ends. Uh, he's not really showing up on the stat sheet, but I, I've been sort of, you know, when I watch the games live, focusing on him when he's in, because it is bizarre to see a cornerback number at defensive end being so big. I've never, it looks like, right. you know, like he's got like the like the extra medium jersey. It's like it's like the centering is so weird. They're like, oh, we don't, well, we don't make twos and fives in in this in that big sizes. You know, it's like it's really weird. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I think honestly, and honestly, I, I think that the Chiefs defense has been there the whole time, you know, but they, they ran through, you know, probably the, the toughest gauntlet against teams who, who had them, you know, circled on their calendar before the season and teams who right. were ready to play and the defense was holding up. It's the offense who was letting the defense down by, you know, going three and out interceptions, you know, where the defense is right back on the field, tired and teams just run the ball on them. So this is the defense yeah. I've seen all year. That's why I say wait for the season to finish before you judge. Yeah. And Nick, I want to get your take on this. And and I think players have done a good job, and I think fans for the most part kind of understand that. But the ebbs and flows of a season that you're not going to come out and the offense is going to come out and put up 45 points every game and never struggle. And same thing with the defensive side. So early in the year, the offense is doing really well. The defense is struggling, and we just have this – this thought that inside the locker room, it's just the offensive guys just being so pissed at the defense. Well, then you, you go six weeks later and it's the opposite. And that's why it's really not that contentious inside the locker room. Am I wrong on the teams that you played? If one side of the ball was struggling versus the other, is that a thing? Or you just kind of understand like, Hey, there's going to be a time that we struggle and then we're going to pick them up and vice versa. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it, it's a team sport and everyone understands that now there, if, if this offense had never produced in the past, then you'd be like, come on, offense, get your stuff together. But, you know, you bail each other out. And and that's why good teams are, you know, top to bottom rosters, because some days the offense is going to be, you know, off the charts, like the uh, couple years ago, the the Rams shootout game, 
right? Mm-hmm. You lose a game after, you know, scoring 50 points. And then you look at the Cowboys game where, you know, you win a game scoring 16 points. <laughs> so that that's what you yeah. need. It just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's in the moment, that particular week, who's healthy, who's not. And it's like, all right, man, offense, you know, we'll get you. Or if it's like, you know, defense is struggling, you'd be like, all right, all right, defense, you know, we're, we're going to get you. We'll carry the load today. But to me, this whole season has been the offense not carrying the load. You know, the turnovers, the three and outs, man. I think what they did well versus the Cowboys, even though they punted half the time or more than half the time, was get sustained drives. <laughs> That's yeah. all you need to do, man. But this defense, just give them a chance to breathe, right? And they'll be good. And finally, everyone's healthy. Everyone's healthy. And Legereus need open field tackles. I think tackling on defense has improved. And that's been the biggest key. There's been no yards after catches or runs. Yeah, for sure. And that's yeah, been that, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Nick. Or right, go ahead, talk. I was just saying that the tackle open field tackling has been huge. Not only that, like Rashad Fenton has been playing really well in that. And we haven't really heard a whole lot from his injury just because it was going into a bye week. Uh, we haven't really heard from Andy Reid or any anybody on the team. Uh and and a little in a minute so we'll probably learn more about that uh, Rashad Fitton injury but uh, the cornerbacks love to tackle and that's something that's always been about these these cornerbacks is they love the contact and they love that physicality nature of it and and really I think that uh, to your point Nick earlier adding the Melvin Ingram has really helped you know the the coverage be a little bit better which has helped the pass rush and it's, it's all just helping each other out and and I, and I like what you said about kind of them not getting too high in the highs and too lows on the load, right? They could be – the offense could have really dogged the defense, but now the offense is kind of in the spot the defense was early on in the season. So it's just the ebbs and flows of the season, yeah. It's still amazing to me that when we talk about the Chiefs' offense, we talk about their struggles because of – I don't want to use the word entitlement, depending upon how you talk about it, but they're struggling relative to what we know they can do. And I think, right. Nick, that's what you're talking about, is the expectation is they're going to come out and set an NFL record and average like 38 points a game. And when they're averaging 25, it's like, oh, man, they're struggling, even though they're ranked like right along the top 10 in scoring and they're top five in yards. It's just still not what we're used to seeing from this group and that just goes into like at some point are you talking in terms of like just as any football fan or are you talking in terms of like these guys are better than this we hold them to a different standard and the way that you talk about that that nuance means everything to a fan depending upon how you talk about fans and fandom and all that kind of stuff that we discuss but uh it's got to be relative to what you can expect from that group because these guys playing at 70 percent is better than 80% of the rest of the NFL. And we have to be fair about that. <laughs> That's true. Well, and, and I, I, one of the things I don't like about watching watching football on TV, and especially ESPN, is that they do this dumbass stat thing that's like, has the most tackles since 2015. I'm like, who cares, right? I mean, so you played longer, right? Or, or you know, you've been, been healthy. It's like, what are you doing this season? Or what have you been doing these past three weeks, right? I mean, to me, like comparing stats year over year is is terrible. It, it always reminds me when LeBron didn't win like an M- NBA MVP because he wasn't good LeBron, but he was good enough for the rest of the league. But you're always judge versus yourself, which I think is so inaccurate because different chemistries. I mean, this mm-hmm. team, you know, new offensive line, it's a different chemistry on that offense. And now they're finally figuring it out, right? And to me, I, I think the, the the coolest thing that, that Hal Stella got a groove back sort of thing mm-hmm. was Kelsey earning his paycheck, QB sneak. <laughs> that that's and then not getting not going for these uh, red herrings, uh, Von mm-hmm. Miller, Odell Beckham, bringing a guy who's a backup and is not comfortable with being a backup and wants to get out and prove something. 
you know, that's a smart, that's a smart yeah. pick for Melvin Ingram. And that it brings me because Melvin Ingram doesn't fit that mold necessarily. And I think it's been amazing. And I know that uh, Maddie Lane had a great piece earlier this mm-hmm. week on the, the KC Sports Network Substack about Melvin Ingram and everything that he's done. And Nick, to your point earlier, it is interesting seeing that number 24. It always throws me <laughs> off for a second. I'm like, man, that little DB just threw some <laughs> some dudes around. And you're like, oh, it's Ingram. Never mind. Um, but yeah, you, you bring up a great point because I don't think – I think some fans made the expectation. I'm talking Josh Gordon. That's the next kind of segue yeah. here. And the next segment is I want to know what storylines are you looking forward to following after the bye week here of kind of what manifests itself into something. Uh, on Twitter, you have a tendency to manifest everything is everything. And Josh Gordon is going to get a thousand yards and eight touchdowns if you listen to some people. Um, and I don't think that was fair to him. It wasn't fair to the team. It wasn't fair for right. any expectation of what's real. And I think for me, it's going to be interesting to follow Josh Gordon. And I said from the beginning, we go back and check all the receipts. It was just a matter of getting him comfortable enough to make three or four really key third down catches and high leverage, second half of the game, one score, key third down, that kind of play. Um, hopefully the bye week is going to be huge for a guy like Josh Gordon, who it's not easy to play receiver in the Chiefs offense. It is not as simple as they call a play, you know a route, you go run it. There's a lot that mentally these guys have to do where their route is determined based on the way the defense is lined up and the rules that the offense has within these concepts that are called, not necessarily plays. And so mentally, that's a lot for a player who hasn't done anything like this before. And I'm not going to make any judgments about what he has or hasn't been used to. But I know for a fact and talking with those guys for years, it's not easy to get used to that kind of stuff. So hopefully the bye week can get him comfortable enough to even just a handful of packages. But I want to see what kind of impact Josh Gordon makes. And I'm not talking about five or six catches a game and 70 yards. I'm talking, can he be on the field on third and eight when we're at midfield, second half, one possession game? If he's on the field running his route, Mahomes will get it to whoever the defense dictates he will. But that's the kind of storyline. That's the kind of thing that I'm looking forward to. Uh, What do you guys, Nick, what do you think about Gordon and that kind of that storyline? And if it's not that one, what other storyline that we've been discussing for the first half of the year? Are you looking to see what comes to fruition here in the last, you know, third, two thirds of the regular season? You know, I, I like the, the, I like raw stats and I like, you know, per game stats and, and the cool thing that I'm always looking at is, you know, who's involved in the place, you know, when they have like your snap counts. And I mean, he's getting a lot of snap counts, just not getting the targets. And that's whether, you know, he's not getting open. Uh, like you said, BJ, about the route concepts. Um, the, the main thing I'm looking forward to is this sort of um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Daryl Williams run game. Like, I mean, did we just, did Casey Lowkey get that bootleg uh, Cleveland uh, ground game? You know, because I feel like, I mean, I feel like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been kind of motivated because seeing Daryl Williams is doing so really, really good with this offensive line. So I'm curious to see what sort of combination packages they're going to install coming out of this offseason as they make that December push, you know, and seeing, you know, good separate from the bad. Hmm. That's a really good one. I I think kind of in the same almost vein as you, BJ, it's like I what I'm looking for is also at the wide receiver room. It's the usage of McCole Hardman. Um, we've seen it kind of decrease a little bit. I know Kent Swanson has kept a close eye on it of him, not maybe not his snap counts decreasing, but the way he's used is, has definitely been changed to not running as many route concepts. He is only in on like sweeps and pop passes and just these plays to get around the edge a little bit more. 
are we going to see of that now be his identity or are we going to see him be able to do a little bit more stuff to, but uh, Josh Gordon's a really good one. I think that the defense and Legereus Sneed is a, is a guy to watch. Like he could be in the serious conversation for all NFL, like this season, the first team as a cornerback, man, he's dude played well last year too, before he, what was it? He break his collarbone yeah. and is still playing really well and is still laying hits on the guys in the open field. So crazy to think about the dude with the broken collarbone is still going out doing that. Um, who had a broken collarbone, but yeah, I think Legereus need that defense is, is a story to watch, but I think McCole Harbin's usage too is, is just as important. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Here's a, here's a cool thought experiment. And, and this kind of puts you in a, uh, and that's why I tell my friends when I'm watching the game with them, when McCole gets the ball, does it make you nervous when he's running? Yeah. You don't yeah. have to answer. Hey, listen. Yeah. Okay, that was rhetorical, yeah. rhetorical right? Well, <laughs> no, it's, well, I'm, the, I'm the most optimistic person, and I sit next to Kent, who's not optimistic in those situations. Yeah. And the last game, Nicole had one, and he, like, dove toward, like, the one or two-yard line, and there was, a, like, a linebacker diving, trying to, like, poke it out from the back. And I just visualized the ball, like, scooting out into the end zone as a touchback, ball going the other way or whatever. And it's like, you know what? I hope that goes away. But, yeah, I'm in that same boat. For sure. But, mm-hmm. but, but here's, here's the thought experiment, right? Put yourself as a coach. Do you trust him? Do you trust dialing up plays to him knowing he might fumble? Right. He's got to earn that trust back. Right. Yeah. And then also from an opposing, opposing, uh, an, an opponent standpoint, when he has the ball, you, what do you, you almost sort of expect him yeah. to fumble. Right. And you're going to go mm-hmm. for that. And that's how the NFL works. Right. You show a weakness. You're not going to be trusted by the coaches. And then the your opponents see on film, they think we can do that same damn thing. Right. Yeah. The only tough thing for McCole, and, and we talked about this before, Tucker, on the postgame stuff, is yeah. how much of the offense, like what percentage of the offense is based around those package plays, those jet sweeps, those those things that he excels at because of his skill set as an athlete. Are you getting rid of those? You don't have like, you know, DeAnthony Thomas was kind of insurance for Tyreek Hill early in his career. It was the same kind of packages where if Tyreek wasn't on the field or if Dak wasn't on the field, you had another guy with that similar skill set. And I don't know who's the other guy. I don't think as good as he is and everybody, Byron Pringle stepping up. I don't know if Byron Pringle can do those kinds of plays as effective right. as McColl can. Like he's not that kind of athlete. So is it worth getting rid of that chunk of the offense? Uh, to not have him out on the field or is he just a package play guy and the defense knows when he comes out, it's going to be one of these seven or eight things that are kind of predetermined in how to get him the football to try to take advantage of the speed that we know he has when he has the ball. But now it's not about watching him in the speed in the open field. It's holding your breath saying, for the love of God, do not fumble the ball. <laughs> hey, but but I, I will give him a positive. He's great at this. Like if you're in that 30 to 20, you know, right before you get to the red zone, He's super dangerous there because he can just mm-hmm. totally avoid the whole red zone by scoring from that range as well. Too. Yeah. So, you know, he's got his his needs, you know, and that's what the yeah. Chiefs offense knows what he can do. It seems like it just it just takes a couple of plays too. I don't think defensive coordinators need to see him get three straight hundred yard games to just give that kind of thought of he can get downfield, he can run an intermediate deep post, a route, something, a comeback, something that kind of puts that fear into that kind of route when he's out on the field. Um, and that is obviously something to continue to watch. And Nick, I love what you said about the running game, about the physicality uh, with those guys getting after it, getting downhill because you get into the cold weather months not to be all cliche about football, but uh, my favorite part of the last game wasn't the highlights early. It was, you got the ball back with seven minutes to go and they ran the ball effectively and took some time off the clock when the other team knows you're going to run the football. 
I mean, we, you and I have talked about that for years of being one of your favorite things. It's not just running the football. It's when they know you're going to run and you can still go run the football. It's lining up, telling them what you're going to do, and they can't stop it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, we always called it, in, I know in New Orleans, it was called four-minute offense. And that, that's when you know, you know, you're, you're trying to run, run the clock out. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, heavy personnel because, uh, you know, you bring two head tight ends and they're going to bring in extra D tackles, which is a waste, you know, stay in your, your normal personnel and just be able to run the ball. And, and it is great, BJ, like you said, right? They know you're doing it. Crowd knows you're doing it and you still do it. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful thing. And if you're just getting, you know, four or five yards a pop, it's it's beautiful to to that's when you impose your will and I think that's what this this Chiefs offense line is built to do is run downhill at you. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the final segment. Nick, your favorite segment every week for anybody who has been listening. <laughs> and before we get to blind nil, which again is three topics that each one of us have brought, we don't know what the other has brought to this show. But before we get to that segment again. We launched earlier today on social media our Soul of Casey holiday raffle and toy drive. We've got 17 items up for raffle. You can buy tickets on our Venmo account at Casey Sports Network. They start at $20 for one ticket. You get 10 tickets for 100 bucks. but everything from a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet, a Chris Jones jersey, Creed Humphrey, um, game-worn autographed gloves as Nick pointed out there would be pregame uh gloves or maybe wears a glove when it gets a little bit colder but uh we've got all kinds of gift cards we've got all, all kinds of cool stuff uh that we are going to give away on our live show on december 16th but you can buy tickets all the money raised goes towards purchasing toys that we donate to operation breakthrough and all the phenomenal stuff that they have going on so you can go on social media go to our venmo buy those tickets i'm getting push notifications um every time so we appreciate everybody for supporting what we have going on all right nick it is time for blind nil you get to start us off on this uh this holiday week what do you got for this week's blind nil uh first of all i'd like to say i feel mildly bad for for being randall pink <laughs> from from days to confuse <laughs> about not signing the, the, the paper for the pledge to for the next football season you know i've been hanging around you bj too much i just can't i'm like i, I gotta say something like i I'm know not, yeah i you guys know me well enough i got so i'm gonna say it like right then and there so That's, yeah. I was, I've it works both BJ ways yeah like, <laughs> it works uh, both ways like am i gonna prick this bubble right now am i gonna be a jerk but yeah no i had to as a center no, i would i would be letting our, our people down if I right. that out, right? They're like, what's this analyst doing? He doesn't know what the hell he's talking. I'm like, you played it and didn't even see that. All right. Yeah. They might end up being cleats. Who knows what they are? Cleats. We talked to Brian. Like, we're good. Wrist tape. We're good Wrist there. tape. We're good there. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say this just because I've said this before, and this appeals to me about as far as, you know, judging seasons as a, as a, as a whole and um, just, you know, going week to week and, you know, the opponent you play. So the Bills smashed – New Orleans last night. Um, I would like to point out that New Orleans is on their basically third string quarterback, Trevor Simeon. They were without Kamara and Mark Ingram, and defense has been, you know, whatever. And then they didn't blow them out to last. That being said, you know, offense putting up points, you know, people are loving, loving their quarterback. Are the Bills contenders or pretenders? I think they're contenders. Like I, I don't, I don't think I can name a handful of teams in the AFC that are more consistent or more talented than them. Somebody's got to be a contender, right? You can't just say nobody is. So I believe in Buffalo more than I believe in like Baltimore or a couple of, I believe in more than Tennessee without Derrick Henry. So 
talking about contenders, I think they're up there. I mean, obviously the Chiefs are the number one team for me. They always will be. Um, with they have this talent, they have Patrick Mahomes, they're the best player in football. So I think the Bills are contenders, but they're very flawed. We saw the best version of the Bills, and we saw when they play really well and we don't, they're good enough to beat us. So that's not nothing. And so I would consider them a contender. What about you? Um, my, my jury's still out as they really didn't put up points until the, the very end. You know, they kind of went on kind of a shopping spree, sort of a Black Friday shopping spree towards the end when the game was sort of out of hand and you can kind of tell. And, and I think going into that game, knowing that that essentially the Saints were sort of toothless, that, you know, and then the Bills travel well, you know, they, they turn the Superdome into, you know, uh, Bills Mafia Central. And, yeah. and, and I, I think the Bills have shown stuff on offense that they can get the job done. They have a, a, a dynamic offense, a dynamic quarterback who can, I mean, he can run and pass the ball. And he's yeah. gutty. He's gritty. And, and I think he's a hell of a quarterback and he's a great leader. And and like I said, I think he's got the element that, that Mahomes doesn't quite have yet as far as that quick snap, quick twitch, that fast twitch, and to be able to run the ball. Like if, if you say who's a better running quarterback, I'd say Josh Allen, you know, because Mahomes, you know, he's fumbling the ball. He's not really, you know, getting it out. But overall, who I'd rather have is Mahomes. So to me, and, yeah. and this goes back to I'm talking to myself is I don't know yet. <laughs> That, that was it was a legit question. Like I have no clue how to how to judge this Bills team this year. Yeah, I for me they've got two dynamic weapons in the passing game. And Dawson Knox is actually a really good tight end, but Cole Beasley, one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, and Stephon Diggs is all is going to be like one of my top five receivers. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. And so when you have that, and you've got a big arm quarterback, a guy who's a great athlete. In uh, Josh Allen, to your point, like they're going to be dangerous. And defensively, Tremaine Edmonds is one of my favorite players that no one ever gets talked about around the NFL. I loved him coming out of the draft that year. He's just a predator uh, running around at middle linebacker, and they've got talent all over the place. Um, I saw, or I don't know what the update on Tredavious White, I saw that he was injured, uh, which would be huge for them being one of the, the top uh, cornerbacks in the NFL and a guy that Chiefs fans will always keep in mind of because that's who they used on the pick when we traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they ended up getting an all-pro corner. <laughs> so it didn't turn out terribly uh, for them, but it will be interesting to see how Buffalo plays because we've seen that kind of Jekyll and Hyde. What do you think the their pretenders or contenders Tucker, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I still think that they they've got plenty of talent on that team, so I think that they are good, and I think they're going to be contenders, really, no matter what it comes down to. As as we've been talking about during the season, the ebbs and flows of it, right? They they got to see some pretty low lows going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars and <laughs> losing that game by three points. That's a nine. Have you ever been in a game that low scoring, Nick? A, a nine to six. I mean, I've been in soccer games that low scoring, but I don't think, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying. To, I, I, I honestly, I don't remember any games like that where it's like it's sort of that sort of like right. uh, no one got to double digits. I mean, I, I know I've been blanked or been shut out like that, but not both teams like that. Not yeah, it was all. just a, just an ugly game, and I know that kind of took away some confidence with some people about the Bills and the Bills kind of they got beat by the Colts, I think too. Yep. Um, but, in their own but house. the Colts, yeah, the Colts are 
the Colts are another team that's kind of confusing too. Like they're pretty good, but they're also like pretty not good. Um, so this this <laughs> league has been uh, really confused, or this this season has been really confusing. And and I think that's just what makes it fun, right? I mean, there's just been yeah. so much parody. And I, and I asked Mike Devito about that on one on one about like, have you seen a season like this? Because you played in the in the league for a while. Like, have you seen a season where there was so much parody? And Nick, I'm curious to kind of like what you think. There is like, have you seen a season with this much parody on it? I mean, it's pretty clear cut who's dominant in the NFC and then in the AFC. But then, like I said, like the AFC, right? If you looked at this first eight games, you know, you'd have your squad picked out. And now it's the last half of the season. And you're like, I don't know. (laughs) I I can't call it. Like, is it the Chargers? Um, You know, is it is it Lamar and the boys? Is it the Chiefs? You know, it's like you just is it Josh Allen? My thing to me is you look at you look at the Bills schedule. Where they're going to get either exposed or crowned, they, they they play New England and Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. upcoming next upcoming game. So that that to me, I, I've I've got to wait for that. You know, New England is resurgent. You know, they look like old yeah. school New England where they're shutting out teams. They're they're playing all right on offense, and it's like, wow. Like we'll see after after they play New England twice in Tampa Bay, that'll be their litmus test. I just I think it was Bill Belichick just getting fired up because everybody basically saying like it was just Tom Brady it had it nothing was. to do with Belichick. <laughs> He's yeah. just like, oh yeah, you ain't like, Jack Spot that though, like right? yeah. passive aggressive. It's probably not even real at all, uh, but just that like back and forth, like who's gonna have the most success now that the marriage and now that they're divorced? It is. Divorced. You're right. It's who's mm-hmm. got the better what Instagram uh, live right in the breakup right? Who's who's winning? Who's winning the breakup type thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, that's my favorite uh, way off, but the, those memes about like, this is what Twitter is. This is what Instagram is. And it's like, Instagram, my life is a party. And Twitter is like, the world is ending. <laughs> that's so true. the worst thing about Twitter. But yeah. um, all right, Tuck, what do you have for our blind nil for this week? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, in Thanksgiving, I think there are some great football traditions around Thanksgiving. Uh, Nick, with playing in the league, what would you do in, in BJ2 with like being around the league? How was how was Thanksgiving in the league? That's kind of my, my as like an outsider of from the NFL, right? I'm kind of asking this for all the fans out there in the NFL. How was Thanksgiving? Because I know I don't. Did you ever get to play on Thanksgiving, Nick? No, I never did. And in college, we were always off uh, okay. because uh, you know we were you know preparing for the Big Twelve Championship. You know, the only time we did play was 9/11 when we had to reschedule a game mm-hmm. to Thanksgiving week. But yeah, I always had it off. Um, I thought it was, to me, the weirdest thing is when you, you would play on Christmas or, you, or you'd practice on Christmas or practice on Thanksgiving, is that like, you know, you, traffic was nil. There's nobody <laughs> on the streets, you know, period. It was just like, we felt like a pot. It felt like, like COVID. Like mm-hmm. it felt like, you know, mid-March of COVID, you're the only person on the street, like at, you know, eight in the morning. And uh, in the NFL, you realize, you know, those winter holidays, BJ can attest this. It's just a day. <laughs> it's no. just, I mean, you're you're in the office. It's just a day. You can do it later. You can do it the next day. And that's what you do. You know, millions of people do that, too. Like, you know, I'm at a hotel here and all, I was talking to some of our servers who had to work all day yesterday. And like, we'll just have our Thanksgiving today. You know, you yeah. just shift yeah. it. You adapt. Yeah. It just becomes like a meal. Like I always yeah. remember going up to practice. They'd always have practice and media availability because I think by NFL rule, like they have to, even though it's a holiday. But it was always weird to go into the offices because the rest of the business staff wouldn't be there. So <laughs> it was like this empty place, and there'd be like five of us or three, and probably that it was like four or five of us. It was like 
me, our other reporter, Matt, um, the last couple of years he was there. And then like the videographers and we'd all just look at each other like we got to work. Then you go stand there and like watch these guys practice or you'd, you go out, watch the first 20 minutes, you'd go inside. And then I'd sit in my office and it looked down at the field. So then I would just watch practice and then I'd go down there to ask like a handful of questions that just get like, you know, a cliche, like you kind of know what they're going to say. Uh, <laughs> right. And then I just look at everybody like, why are we here? <laughs> like, why are we doing this? And then you sit at home and you just have this like anxiety, like I have to work. And like, yeah. I hated that feeling of like, I need to be there. I should be there. And then the whole time I'm there, I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> it was like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But um yeah, I, I enjoy it much more now, uh, being able to sit at home with the family and having Nick, your kids run around in the background, have my <laughs> wife and kids run around here exactly. asking questions exactly, uh, and all that good stuff. But yeah, no, no real traditions, Tucker, as much as it was just like mm. another day, you just got to kind of look forward to a really good meal. Um, and you tried, I mean, it was even, there's not a ton of media, so you could go ask the players a lot of stuff, but they're trying to get out of there so they can go home and spend time with their family. So right. I got a lot of, why are you here? It's like, I don't know. I just feel like I should be. No. <laughs> players are like, what are you doing here? No, know. no. I mean, <laughs> as a player, from a player's perspective, though, you realize um, who's in your circle of trust, right? So everybody who's, it's like your equipment guys, uh, like BJ, like the, the BJs of the world, BJ, you know, the sideline reporters, your, your SID people, um, and then, you know, trainers and weight, weight guys. So you know who's, who's in your posse. And who's corporate and can't be trusted, right? <laughs> we, <laughs> we used to <laughs> you ain't there, you a snitch. <laughs> we used to joke with the media because and it was it was more like OTAs, but it it extend to holidays too. That you know, you go to the AFC championship game, you go to the Super Bowl, and there's like thousands of media, and it's such a pain in the butt to ask a question because everybody's buttoning in people that haven't been around all year. So we we joked on like OTAs, like if you're out here like watching these guys in the spring in shorts. When it's 100 degrees, standing in the sun with no shade, like you can't sit, you can't lean on the wall because coach will yell at you. Like if you're at those practices, when it gets to the AFC title game, you get to ask your questions first. Like everybody else mm -hmm. can leave the room. You're not here when on Thanksgiving. You're not here on Christmas Eve. Uh, you you got to wait till we ask our questions first because we're out here grinding it out during holidays. But I always remember those fun conversations with like Nate Taylor and Sam and Herbie and everybody is like, we're yeah. out here grinding during mm -hmm. this time uh, anyway you get that inside scoop yeah yes sir all right my blind nail nobody'd ask a, a thanksgiving and i'll just do the cliche like what's your hottest take uh regarding um thanksgiving food mm. everybody's got a hot take and if it's like pumpkin pie is disgusting like that is a hot take and it's a terrible one i've got it oh go ahead got tucker it. yes ham is only for christmas Okay. I said it. I actually agree with that take. Mm -hmm. Nick didn't Nick had a steak yesterday. So <laughs> he might have some real takes here. Yeah, I've um I, I've been influenced like uh I, I've I've deep fried a turkey for as long as I can remember. Uh so I know how to do my marinade, all the injections and mm -hmm. stuff. And even when you deep fry a turkey, it's just okay. And I'd much rather have like a, I had a, a my son and I split a 40 ounce porterhouse yesterday. And, um, you know, I just, I, I think it's a time just to go hard in the paint as far as the <laughs> gluttonous, you know, you know, I think that that's, that, that's my, my, that, that what should be respected is whether it's a hundred hot dogs or, you know, it's a gourmet meal. I think Thanksgiving is that time to just to indulge if you can. It's <laughs> just know, not gluttony. Basically. Just yeah. I tried to get out yesterday for sure. So yeah, it was, 
but yeah, but my hottest take though, honestly, I agree. Turkey's a, a subpar meat. You know, it's good for turkey yeah. sandwiches. And even you deep fry it, the, sorry. The only thing good about turkey, and it's only <laughs> redeeming grace, turkey legs at the Renaissance Festival. Yeah, turkey legs good. are the goat meat. Turkey legs are the goat meat. The rest of it, you can have it. But turkey legs. They have those at K-State football games now too, Nick. If you go I up on the thing. I they're amazing. You get this like big, so just like a caveman. You just like so meat. amazing. Like I'm gonna go watch football. I'm gonna have a beer. And I'm just gonna yeah. gnaw on this <laughs> exactly this bone for this the next bone. hour. <laughs> I don't like Renaissance festivals. I like getting turkey legs at Renaissance festivals. Right? Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, turkey legs are, are the goat. Turkey's subpar, but turkey legs make it the centerpiece. Yeah, right. I, I'm with that. My take: I, stuffing's disgusting. I've never had it. I don't like stuffing at all, mm. but I will eat. I think I had like 16 rolls yesterday. Oh, yeah. uh, I, yeah. I, I, I was going to get back on keto and it was like not happening until after Thanksgiving because I know what's going to happen. I could probably fill my plate with just like gravy and rolls. <laughs> probably oh be okay. On Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I feel 400. Like I got, I started sweating. I ate so many rolls. I had to go sit down. And as soon as I felt like I could stand without getting sick, I walked to the bathroom and on the way back, grabbed two more rolls, wow. sat down and started eating. Like it's a problem. Rose wow. rolls. Well, oh I, I think God. it's amazing. You know, my, my wife showed me a meme yesterday and it was, um, you spend all day cooking for your kids and family and they end up eating store-bought rolls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom makes these little things. I don't, I've never seen them anywhere else. They're called sweet potato surprises, where it's just a bunch of sweet potato, uh, basically like packed around a marshmallow and then like uh, frosted flakes or like corn flakes around it. And then you heat them up just a little bit to like uh, get the, the marshmallow to kind of like melt a little bit. It, not good heated up because the marshmallow is already melted, uh, but they're amazing. And kids fell in love with them. My mom makes them every year. Mm. Other yeah. thing that. You just mix it's it all good. together too. It just touches on the big plate, just a big glob of meat. Well, hey, yeah, to combine your guys' preferences, you know, one of my favorite things is around the holiday time is getting the uh, the honey baked ham, the spiral mm -hmm. cut, and getting mm -hmm. the Hawaiian rolls and stone ground yes. mustard. <laughs> Amazing. When it comes to food stuff, Nick, I've just learned to trust you. <laughs> so even if it doesn't sound Very right, good. like you've never really steered me wrong. And I was yeah, like, you know what? I'll try it. There's no hype. Like I, I cut through the hype. Like uh, is a hot dog a sandwich or is it uh, a hot dog? I don't care. It's yeah. like, <laughs> just every now and again. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. we had 75 rolls set to go. 75 Hawaiian rolls set to go at our, at our Thanksgiving. Nick, before you hopped on, we had like 40 people at our house. Um, as I was saying, we forgot to set out the rolls. Um, so today we're going to now eat all of our Thanksgiving leftovers with 75 Hawaiian rolls. And I'm so stoked for that. If you need to invite somebody <laughs> over, Tuck, like I'll come <laughs> hang. And if you need to bring them and yeah. Hey, anybody who's out there yeah. listening, we got a special yeah. shout out. Obviously it's a chief show, but uh, Tuck myself and about 18,000 of our closest friends on Sunday, we'll be at the sporting KC real be. salt Lake game. So, you know, Playoffs? we don't like Ochoa. I don't like that dude. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get out there and get loud now that the West is going to run through sporting and uh, they win that game. They get another home game to go play for the cup. You get to play that right. game. It's like the AFC title game, right? Is it it is. And they could, they could end up hosting depending on what happens on the other side of the bracket. I think new England has to like lose, but new England's a wagon. New England's good. Um, it's going to, it's going to be, close they could end up hosting you know another playoff game and then even the cup if they make it to the cup it, it, it could happen we want the cup 
We too want the cup. A wagon. Gotta have that cup. They're a wagon. I just ro- I just went with it, Nick. <laughs> no, a, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, so that term. Tucker, it's a ho- it's I used to usually years old. <laughs> it's usually used to describe hockey teams. Um, oh. like if they're really good. So like if you're really good, you're a wagon. Think of like a horse-drawn wagon. Uh, there's a lot that lot can, a lot of power there. It's a phrase I've never heard either, Nick, but I followed it. I realized that the, a couple weeks ago I saw on the Discord somebody – I used – you know, they boat raced them. And someone's like, what is boat racing? I'm like, I said that my entire life. I don't, I don't know where it came from. Obvious. But. Obvious yeah. boat race. What do you think of like a boat on the water just – just, you know, just going <laughs> like that's heavy metal. That's the opposite of a wagon unless you live in Amish country, which right. I don't – you know, I don't – wagon and power i don't i don't that's a, they're sturdy you know you okay. can't go wrong yeah okay yeah. i guess I like so a, it's like a a four- the only wagon i know of is that one down in oklahoma and that damn thing seems to fall over pregame like <laughs> three or sturdy. four times a year it's the opposite of sturdy, right? yeah <laughs> i'm i'm listen tucker i'm gonna do my best to incorporate that i will yeah i'll i'll, I'll, I'll put that in the vernacular so yeah, like right. yeah hockey vernacular is really good if you get the chance to like learn something like if someone's you know good looking they're a rocket um oh. you know yeah is minnesota so talk or is this canadian i mean it's a little it's blurry. a little it's a little mix yeah it's a little mm-hmm. mix I've, I've picked up a lot when since i started following hockey yeah oh yeah my uh, wife just informed me the oilers are at her hotel right now that's sick so i'll go see if they're that's if they're a wagon or not you ask them say hey guys they're, <laughs> they're not very good okay. <laughs> um, they got Connor okay. mcdavid though who's probably the best player in the in the whole league there so oh yeah i had no idea you're such a hockey person tucker yeah, it's one of those passive things I like. I like to watch other sports. I don't really have to feel like I have to break down. Like football, I feel like every time I watch it, I feel like I have to like digest it and like process some takes. That's why I'm very big into soccer. You know, I, I like to watch European soccer. I'm a Spurs fan. I like sporting Kansas City. I like I, I like to watch uh, the hockey as well. Same thing. I just can't get You're going to enjoy watching the hockey game. Too bad Maddie's not with us because Maddie and I watching soccer can get pretty entertaining because we just yeah. yelled, just effing kick it all the time. You do. Uh, You're like you the do. dad and like yeah. the five year old, like open goal, shoot it. Yeah, dude. At halfway. Graham Zusi listened and hit a freaking laser. <laughs> like I yelled, just effing kick it, and he did. And I'm like, see, look what happens when you just effing kick it. Do. Simple sport. Just yeah. kick long it. ball, Cross shoot country it. in a box, and I love it. Man. I'm gonna be screaming at with the, no commercial Ochoa. breaks. No commercial we'll breaks. Screaming at Ochoa That's on thing. Sunday with. Like I said, 18,000 of our closest friends. We appreciate everybody for tuning in to this episode of Outside the Trenches. Again, one last plug for our Soul of KC holiday raffle and toy drive. We are selling tickets through the KC Sports Network Venmo account. One ticket is 20 bucks. You can get 10 tickets for 100. And those are going, those raffle tickets are going towards this list of 17 prizes. One last time a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet a Chris Jones autographed jersey, two Chiefs tickets, and a parking pass to the December 26th game against the Steelers. Creed Humphrey autographed gloves. Guys Chips Variety 8-Pack. We have four winners of those delectable chips. Hmm. Cookie Society monthly sampler. That is six cookies a month for an entire year. $100 gift card from Manny's Mexican Restaurant. $100 gift card from the Capitol Grill. $100 gift card from Third Street Social. $100 gift card from Q39. Two $50 gift cards from Rally House to two different winners, a $100 gift card and four tour passes up to Holiday Distillery in Weston, Missouri, and a six-pack of the Jackson Family Wines. Again, you can buy those tickets on the KC Sports Network Venmo account. 
All of the money raised is going towards purchasing toys for Operation Breakthrough that we will deliver on December, excuse me, December 10th. We will drop all of those toys off. Really cool thing. We're trying to give back to the Kansas City community to do some fun stuff, but we appreciate anybody's support. I'm getting notifications every time we get donations. We are over $1,000 already. So thank you already for the initial support we just launched a couple of weeks ago. And um, thank you for everybody for tuning in. We will see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye.